Welcome to Inside America's Minds, a series of original podcasts created and hosted by clinical psychologist, Dr. Jody J. DeLuca. Inside America's Minds features fascinating conversations with everyday people like you and me and their extraordinary experiences. Join us for this thought-provoking episode on Inside America's Minds. Well, welcome for another exciting episode of Inside America's Minds. And today I have, I'm so excited, I have a very, very special guest. (laughs) He's actually known throughout the world. I have Dan DeLuccio here. And Dan is also known as, tell us, Dan. Uh, Short Sleeve Samson. Uh, Yes, yes. Short Sleeve Samson. Why? Um, well, when I, uh, before I, you know, got into wrestling, first, I should say my, when we were prepping uh, for my first match, um, we needed to come up with a wrestling name and everything. And so uh, the guy who got me into the business, his, uh, his name was uh, Tiny the Terrible. So we, we sat down and we, we tossed around some different ideas. And then it came out that I would be uh, short sleeve and uh, a metaphor for my size you know, because I happen to just be four foot two. And um, Samson would come from the Bible being the strongest man in the Bible. So therefore, short sleeve Samson was born. I love it. And how old were you when short sleeve Samson was born? 24. 24. So I I know the audience has a lot of questions, but I have a lot of questions and I get to ask them. So you refer to yourself as tiny you're four foot two now i got to ask you this question because this has i've always wanted to know this how how do you prefer to be categorized as because there's so many different names for people under five feet now i'm i'm tiny i'm like um i always lied about my height so um i'm actually don't lie i know (laughs) I I don't do that anymore. But when I was growing up, I know I, you know, I took some heavy hits for being very tiny and I'm five Mm -hmm. foot two and shrinking with age, but you're four foot two. How, you know, how do you prefer to be categorized? And I'm trying to be diplomatically correct because I don't want to offend. Yeah, no, here's the thing. I I have no filter. I I, I don't. And, uh, and everything. And, I don't mean to offend anyone either, but at the same time, I'm talking about myself. So therefore I can, you know, use different names like the word midget or dwarf or a little person or uh, short statured or vertically challenged. It doesn't really matter because <laughs> at the end of the day, um, you know, you can call me Dan, you can call me Samson, you can call me short sleeve. Um, you know, you can call me after five. It, it doesn't <laughs> because we we allow terminologies sometimes to identify who we are beyond the scope of our business or occupation and I, I think it's I, I think it's irrelevant because of the fact that you know at the end of the day uh, you know 
I, I'm talking to you, you're talking to me, and, um, and that, that's all that matters. How did you overcome it? Because there's so much stigma in general for just being the slightest bit different and outside the average or mean. When were, were you always like that? So self-confident and self-assured? Um, no, no, I definitely wasn't. Um, it was definitely, definitely something that I, I grew into. Um, you know, let's be honest, uh, my earliest uh, days of school, I mean, elementary I, I was made fun of. I was, you know, the shortest one in the class and, you know, and I was, uh, you know, the last one to be picked on a, on a, on a sports team. And oh, Dan, that hurts well, me when I hear that. Yeah, it's, you know, it, it's, it's all good. But then, but then I, I left elementary school, and I went to middle school. And it was, it was pretty cool because I went from being made fun of and, and everything to actually being popular. And it, it was, it was uh, actually, uh, a, a culture shock to me because I was like, like, you know, uh, they yeah. talk and everything. And it, it was actually really, really cool. And it, that uh, followed me throughout middle school and high school and everything. But I would, I would probably say in all honesty, I don't know, maybe, maybe around, you know, 12, 13. Um, because anytime I would, you know, dream and, you know, get ready mm. to fall asleep or anything like that. It, I remember in my dreams when I was a child, I would always, you know, if I was in my own dream, I would always be tall, you know, mm, interesting size as everybody else. But then all of a sudden, you know, I woke up one morning, I'm like, I'm short. I'm always going to be short. Like, okay, now let's live life, you know? And, um, and, and that's, that's my perception on it because of the fact that it's like, mm. God made us all different. That's obvious. You know, whether whether it's our skin tone, whether it's, you know, our our cultures, I mean, regardless of what it is, we're all different. And that's what makes this world so beautiful because of the fact that we're not all the same. And so therefore, with that, there's also some short people in, in this world as well. And, um, you know, let's just embrace our differences and let's enjoy life. I love it. And, and so when you were in elementary school... And, and it's so interesting to me because middle school is a war zone uh, for most kids that you talk to or their parents. And I remember yeah. when my own son, I mean, mi middle school was just, I, I really wanted to go after all the parents of the bullies, <laughs> you know, um, but the bullying, what was that like for you? Again, I mean, you know, when I was, when I was, you know, younger, um, it, it was, you know, it was definitely there, you know, I, I would be called names or made fun of, or, you know, I, I think I got into a couple of fights and all. Um, but again, then all of a sudden I left elementary school and I didn't have to worry about those things because I, I wasn't made fun of, I, I wasn't bullied. Uh, I was actually one of the cool kids. I was actually very popular. So it was definitely, it, it was a culture shock. But at the same time, I mean, it's like if once I got through the my elementary school years, um, like all that was behind me. Which and is so strange because today it's the opposite with at least kids and parents that I talk with. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, and I mean, heck, I mean, you know, let's let's be honest, even like in high school, you know, you have mm. your different demographics. You have you have your jocks, you have your nerds, you mm. have, um, you know, all these different uh, social groups and everything. Mm. And I can remember, 
literally on Monday, I would go hang out with the jocks. On Tuesday, I would go hang out with this group. On Wednesday, I'd go hang out with this group. And I would sit there and I would literally bounce from group to group to group because they all embraced me. Wow. And, and so let me ask you this, your earliest childhood memory, you talk about dreaming and in your dreams, you're tall, which a lot of our subconscious is processed in our dreams. So your earliest childhood memory that you were different about how old were you or do you, re is there a snapshot in time with an interaction? Um, again, it, 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 I'm, I'm guessing, you know, mm -hmm. you know, I'm guessing. But I would say, I would say literally probably around, you know, 12, 13, you know, years old. That's when I had this, you know, epiphany. There's like. I can't hear you. <laughs> no, was, no, I was just saying that I was going to be short my whole life. It's like, oh, okay. All right. Well, let's do this then, you know, like let's live life and everything. So yeah, I would say, like I said, between 12, 13 years old, that's when, you know, this transformation changed. Now, is there anybody else in your family who's short? Yeah, um, actually my mom is and okay. her father was. And her so, father is. And what is the medical term? There's a medical term. Um, I should know that. But anyhow, begins with an A. Uh, I'll think about yeah. it in a little bit. <laughs> no, no, I'll give it to you right now. It's achondroplasia. Thank you. Achondroplasia. Okay. Yep. So is and that genetic, which? Um, no, no, it's not. I mean, in all honesty, you know, um, when, uh, you know, my, my, my parents had a child or whatever like that, it's really 50-50, you know? Um, okay. See, I actually have a younger sister and she happens to be tall, you know? Um, you know, my, my mom's uh, dad, he had a couple of kids and her you know his other kids they were tall she my mom was short so it's not it's it's genetic but it's not genetic you know what i mean it's like does it again, skip a generation or um usually not but at the same okay. time, like, oh, obviously like, not if your mom was okay yeah yeah okay but at the same time um like with my wife and i you know we have one child and uh, she hap happens to be average height um which is which is great so I guess you could say it kind of skipped this generation, but at the same time, I didn't continue to, uh, to uh, you know, have more kids to even see if there was even, uh, you know, a chance or not, you know. And I want to talk more about your wife and your daughter, but you are an athlete. You are a television <laughs> and, well, I read you do baseball. I mean, you do so many different sports. You're yeah. a wrestler. Um, you're a TV and movie star, ABC, NBC. I mean, you're all over the globe. At any time, did you ever feel exploited for your size? I, I think depends on the job. You know, we can, you know, I, I'll be honest. I mean, when, okay, so basically, I've, I always wanted to do, you know, something with acting, you know, I mean. Okay, why? Uh, yeah. Um, it was different. It was fun. It was cool. And then at the same time, it was also, you know, people got to know who you were. And with mm -hmm. that also generates some popularity and everything. And I, I'll be honest, I wanted to be known. I wanted people to know who, who I was and my contributions to whatever it was that I was, you know, uh, going forth in. So, you know, although 
throughout school and everything, I had always, you know, tried so many different things, whether it was, you know, sports or acting or, you know, different jobs that I had and things like that. Um, it always came back to, you know, me trying to follow some form of acting career. Um, I can remember again in, in, in high school, uh, you know, I, I joined the local um, um, theater company, you know, mm. where plays and everything and all. And, you know, so it's like I had always followed the, 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 that foot, those footsteps in, in hopes that it would land me something bigger eventually. And I want to get to the wrestling circuit as well. But I want to go back to the question I asked you is, how do you categorize yourself? As <laughs> I, you keep avoiding that. So I have to keep <laughs> redirecting you. All right, Dan, Kabish. Um, <laughs> how do you, you know? All right. So um, medical term, I'm achondroplasia. Um Regular terms, I happen to be a dwarf. A dwarf. When, so you prefer dwarf to midget or little person? Well, again, dwarf and midget are totally different. Um, tell us. Tell yeah, us the difference. With, with, uh, with somebody who happens to uh, um, have dwarfism, basically their body size is normal height. Their arms and legs are short. Where you have uh, somebody who happens to be a midget, their whole body proportion is smaller. Okay. So, yeah, so, uh, you know, I have to be a dwarf. But then at the same time, I mean, within my own personal, uh, you know, business, which is the Midget Wrestling Warriors, um, again, I use the word midget because of the fact that, you know, and I'm talking about, uh, you know, I hire people that are five foot two and under. But with that, it's like, it's the most identified word that we can use that would um, classify with the with the um, the category that we are in, you know, um, because of the fact that if I call it dwarf wrestling, nobody knows what who that is or what that is. If I called it vertically challenged, they don't know. If I call mm. it, they don't know. If I call it, you know, anything else. Um, it allows a level of confusion and then you have to sit there and you have to explain what you really are. If I say the word midget, everybody in the world knows what that is. And it doesn't offend you. No, no, it, it doesn't. Um, seriously, it doesn't. Because again, I'm, I'm, I'm talking about a, a, a classification of a group of people, um, including myself, you know, but at the same time, you know, we're having a conversation right now and you're not identifying me with the word midget or dwarf or little person. You know, you're calling me Dan. Um, and, you know, so therefore people are the same way. You know, we're, 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 we're defining a, a, um, a sport and an occupation and a platform on what we use that for. But at the same time, you know, you may have some little kids like, hey, mom, look at the little people, look at the midgets or whatever like that. But then at the same time, they 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 figure out, you know, who we are and what our names are and everything. And then at the end of the day, they, they identify us by our names and our characters. Okay. And speaking of children, when children see you, because children out of the mouth of babes, they're not 
censored. What is yeah. the usual response you get from kids? Oh, hey, mom, look at the little person. Hey, mom, look at the midget. I mean, uh, in all honesty, I probably don't hear the word midget uh, too much anymore. But normally it's like, hey, mom, look, he's small. Hey, mom, look, he's short. Hey, mom, look, he's, you know, uh, whatever that is. But that's pretty much what I get. And then with parents, uh, parents are, are, I'll be honest, are 50-50 are, are because mm -hmm. some parents would be like, oh, yeah, look at that giraffe over there. Look how, you know, um, they just totally redirect their kids. You have other parents that will sit there and say, you don't say that, okay? You know? So, yeah, because they're conscientious of not Ex wanting to offend you exactly. in any way or hurt. Yeah, okay. Yeah. Which is and like then, me, I find I, I uh, not just being a clinical psychologist, but just being a person who's very aware of other people's emotions or, you know, and very conscientious of stereotypes. I don't want to offend you in any way. And, and you're giving us the privilege of learning more about you within a certain demographic. And you're, you're, you're better than probably the rest of us are with this. You're so comfortable with it. It, it is. Well, I am because the fact that I've, I've grown up like this, you know, I'm a short person in a tall man's world. Let's mm. be you know, and for me, my entire life, I had to adapt to my surroundings, whether it's here at home or whether it's out someplace or whether it's at work or wherever it is, I've had to make those adjustments, but I've made them. And it's like, I just go on with life like there's nothing wrong because in all honesty, there really isn't anything wrong. You know, it's just, you know, again, like I said, you, you make the whatever adjustments that you have to make and then you just, you know, continue on. And the American culture, our American culture is so, uh, especially with the media, is is all built on such physical aspects that, you know, it creates a lot of insecurity in, in our younger generations, that, that it follows them, those insecurities for the rest of their lives. So, I mean, you're just amazing. But what has been the most, you are, you're also no, very I humble. No, I, I call it, it like you. I see it. And that's where you got to correct me or tell me to back <laughs> off if, I, if I'm diplomatically you're fine, you're fine. offensive. But uh, what has been the hardest thing navigating life, being you? I, I think, I'll be honest, I have the same struggles, the same difficulties, the same challenges as what you have and everybody else in this world has. You know, um, I wake up in the morning and then I proceed with my day. You know, I have to make choices as far as what to wear, what to eat. And then I have to make choices at work. And then I have to make family choices. But I don't think that I am any different than you or anybody else's, you know, um, in all honesty, because the choices that we make will, um, will pretty much, you know, lead us down life. It will lead us down a path with life and everything. But at the same time, the choices that we make um, are just ours. You know, it's, it's, it's like my life is no different because of the fact that I happen to be short versus somebody who happens to be tall versus somebody who happens to be thin 
or or larger, you know, or whatever it is. We just make the choices that are presented to us and we move on from that. Dan, what do you think is the biggest challenge for the human race these days? And the world has been through so much and we as Americans have been through so much. What, what do you think is the biggest challenge that we face in the human race these days? Accept who you are and accept everybody else. Well that's, said. That's it, seriously. If you do those two things, everything else, it, it, it's, 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 it's mediocre. It's like, you know, all we have to do is the person that we wake up as and we look in the mirror, regardless of who you are, how you are, what you look like, accept it. Love the person that you are and love your neighbor. The hardest day in your life to date. <laughs> look at that smile. Um, e. I, I, I don't know. I, 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 I don't know because I have, I have difficulties. I have struggles at times, you know, um, whether it's, you know, making decisions or whether it's, um, you know, whatever it is. But I guess, I, I guess for me, it's like whatever it is that's difficult for me, whether I'm able to solve it immediately whether it takes me a little bit of work to solve it, whether I'm working a lot harder to solve it, it gets solved. And then I move on. So it's like, okay, okay done it, finished it. Now let's move on. So therefore, I don't dwell on the past. I just look to the future. The best day of your life to date. Oh, God, so many. Um, uh, the, the, the birth of my daughter. I mean, mm -hmm. that was phenomenal. Uh, I got married. Um, that was phenomenal. You know, I've had a lot of career success, um, which has, you know, just been phenomenal. I'm getting ready to have a lot more career success. Yes. Yes. I know you have a movie coming out and we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk <laughs> about your family. Oh yeah. I did my homework. The thing is, my gosh, I wish I had all day. I wish you had all day. There's so many questions. Let's well, we talk about it. Uh, yeah, we will. Well, I know, I know the audience is going to want to hear more. Let's talk about your career and we got to talk about the Chucky. Is it you play Chucky? Did you play oh, Chucky? I, I okay. So my portrayal of Chucky was in the uh, the twentieth anniversary of the movie, where we uh, did a lot of uh, publicity stuff down in New York City. So okay. that my portrayal of Chucky. I did not put. I did not play Chucky in any of the Child's Play movies. Oh my gosh! Because I still have, and I know a lot of people. <laughs> I still have haunting memories, but your career has been so phenomenal with TV and the movie industry and wrestling. I, I want to hear more about it. I mean, I mean, you did uh, the the Oompa Loompa. Yeah, yeah, I, hard, I, I did. What was the name of that? The Hard Candy. Hard, hard can yeah, Hard Candy Kid. Um, it, again, it was it was a movie that I was um, had auditioned for and, and was casted. 
I don't even know if the movie even came out yet. Um, that was definitely a, a few years ago. Okay. We, it was it was some it was some good scenes in it that I was involved in and everything, even from uh, jumping out of uh, moving vehicles and chasing people and stuff like that. So it, it was it was it was a good time. It was and uh, the, the the directors uh, are brothers and. I cannot remember their names right now, but uh, they were they were really good to work with. They were they were really cool. What was your favorite movie or TV show to appear in? Oof. Probably. God, I, I, honestly, I, I enjoyed so many because okay, so here's the deal. Um, I worked with a a casting company. Um, where we did uh, the whole minion thing downtown. Yeah, and was that we in were, Despicable Me? Uh, yeah, it was for Despicable Me. Okay, the movie. We, okay. we did that. We did the parade and down in New York City, and you know, we did a lot of publicity stuff, and that was fun. It, it, it was fun. And then um, you know, the the movie that I'm actually currently doing right now, um, Undescribable Urgencies. Um, it's great because of the fact that I play. A character who um, I can't give out a whole lot, but it's okay. Yeah, he um, he he's very intense, and I have some good action stuff, and I have some uh, some romantic stuff, and um, you know he he um, he happens to have a a pivot within the movie, um, which is uh, definitely a, a, a character change. So, you know, that's really, really cool. And, uh, you know, so it's like, I'll be honest. I mean, it, with everything I've done, I hate to sound so like vanilla with this whole answer. but No, it's your life. You get to yeah, say. I mean, with, with everything I've done, each, each project, each job, each opportunity I've had with it, they're all different. So mm. therefore, because they're different, it's hard for me to sit there and say, you know, A against B because of the fact that they were different. And with that, I learned so many things and as well as had just had a lot of fun doing those things as well. I mean, uh, let's let's be honest. Um, you know, I was at one time I, I was the, the the teddy bear in, in the in the teddy snack cakes. And, oh, uh, were you? Now, was yeah. this the the commercials or the? TV? I did, yeah, I did commercials, uh, both on TV as well as on print, and everything. And uh, you know, so with that, I think for like uh, six or eight weeks, I was down in uh, Jim Henson's production studios. Oh where... my gosh, what was that like? The Muppets, right? Oh, it was, right? It was awesome. Oh my gosh, it was awesome because the fact that. Here it is. It's like, you know, you walk in and you get through security and you see like all the different murals on the wall, you know, of the Muppets and, you know, the Jim Henson and mm. his uh, staff. And, uh, you know, and they had a lot of costumes there and, and all. And it, it was just a great opportunity and, you know, made, made some really good friends there and, uh, you know, again, proceeded with the, with the whole job and all. But again, it, it was just an awesome opportunity to have and, and, and everything, so. And let's, let's talk about the wrestling world because that's what you're, you're known for very much so throughout the world. So you were about 24 when Short Sleeve Sansom was created 
Yes. And um, I've seen pictures of you, and I'm sure the audience is going to look you up now. You're buff. My gosh, the training. What kind of training goes into being a wrestler? Um, it, it's, it's crazy, in all honesty. I mean, um, I pretty much went to the, uh, a wrestling school for an average of three days a week for the first couple of years, and I had to learn how to do everything. You know, I had to learn all the moves and the footwork and the, the body placement and how to sell things, you know, to the fans. And, and oh, all. wow. That's right. Because a lot of it is, is so um, audience motivated, right? Oh, totally. Totally. Yeah. I mean, you know, I mean, you got your good guys, you got your bad guys and everything. And, you know, we have to... Uh, be able to portray what we're doing to the fans as well as what's being done to us, to the fans and everything. We have to sell a product and, and everything. Ah. And, you know, the good guy, you know, uh, basically pretty much, you know, is, is victorious and the bad guy is hated and spit on and everything. Um, but yeah, it's like, but with that, you know, it's like, okay, I went to wrestling school and then I also have to, you know, go to the gym every day and work out and keep myself in shape and everything. So it's, it's a tough road. It really, really is. But at the end, um, you know, um, I, I find it very, very successful. I find it to be a good time and all. And, um, you know, I've, I've achieved a lot with, within my career, which. Oh my I gosh. Yes. Pages and pages and the wrestling. Okay. Now help me out with that. Yep. Now, this is interesting. Growing up, my dad, I had four brothers, but my dad always insisted on watching wrestling and boxing with me. You got to watch this. I don't know why. But um, so I've always had an interest in it. But I, I guess I didn't know a lot of it was already pre-staged. I had no idea about that. Uh, I, I don't know about the boxing. I'm not in that industry. Well, not necessarily the boxing, yeah. but the wrestling. But yeah. With the wrestling, it is. I mean, it, it, it's it's predetermined. But at the okay. same time with that, um, you know, now it's like, okay, we pretty much have the end. The end is this person needs to win. But now we got to go from the end and move forward. How mm. is to win? Okay. You know, and then... What's all the things that's going to happen within the match that's going to be the result of this and the result of that and et cetera, et cetera. And then all the way to the beginning where, you know, I have my entrance and, you know, I have my chance to, to basically be able to get my character over with the fans, you know, and all. And, and the heel, he's got his entrance and he has to get over with, you know, being the villain you know, and everything. And, you know, so with wrestling, it, it's different because the fact that, like I said already, you pretty much start at the end yeah. forward versus the other way around. I did not even think of that for a moment. And were you always the good guy or did you ever play the villain? I can't <laughs> see you as a villain, but I've seen some of your pictures and I'm like, okay, there, there, there could be a real tough guy streak there. Um, no, I've pretty much been the good guy because here's the thing. It's a lot harder to get people to like you and to support what you're doing than it is for them to hate you. So I always wanted a challenging route. So I decided to be the good guy and try to get 
fans to be my fans and people to like me and support me and everything. So yeah, no, I've, I've, anything that I've pretty much done is pretty much always been the good guy. And you have a lot of fans. I mean, you must have how many generations of fans now, Dan? Uh, quite a few. <laughs> yeah, right and there. how do they communicate with you? Do you, I mean, do they send you letters? Do they? Oh, I mean, yeah, it's like I, I get fan mail a lot. I mean, whether it's, you know, letters that are sent to me or I'm on social media, whether mm -hmm. it's you know, sending me messages or, or sending me comments or whatever on social media and all, or I mean, heck, whether it's, you know, even just going out to, uh, you know, to the, to, to, the, to the store to pick up something and somebody happens to see me there. So, you know, but at the same time, it's also, you know, a level of, I feel it's a level of responsibility that I have to the fans is that here it is, okay, you saw me on TV or you saw me at a live show or whatever, and you saw a character, okay, and you supported me and you liked my character, which I really appreciate, but it's like when I have a bad day and I happen to be out mm -hmm. and happens to uh, recognize me, yeah. I can't sit there and, you know, um, take a break from that. I still have to portray who they saw, you know, at that live event or at that show or on TV or whatever. And, you know, so it's like I have to step out of whatever the situation may be that, you know, I may be going through at that moment. And I have to put on a facade or, you know, be myself or whatever the situation is, because the fact that if I were to treat the fans anything different, then it's all a farce. And wow. it. so it's like, I have to be real and I have to be genuine in what I'm doing as well. I commend you because that must be so difficult to have to be that person people know you to be even on your worst day how, how do you do that and you're not easy to blend in to the crowd right you're not like <laughs> other people where you can flop on a wig hat glasses right. whatever I mean especially people that are very much a fan they are probably like oh my god shirt sleeve Samson I'm there how, yeah. how do you how do you balance that? If you're having a bad day and you're going out and let's say you just want to go to the grocery store or wherever it is you go, how, how do you mediate that? Uh, it's, it's just, honestly, I've learned where it's just a switch. It really okay. is. It's a mental switch. And it's like, you know, if, if, for example, I'm at the grocery store and I'm with my wife and then all of a sudden it's like, you know, I hear somebody, you know, excuse me, are you short sleeve Samson? I, I flip the switch. It's like, hey, what's going on, buddy? You know, and I have to just turn it around. And then as soon as that's all done, well, now I can go back to the conversation or whatever it is that, you know, was going on with myself, with my wife and I, whatever the case is, I can go right mm -hmm. back. To that. But yeah, that's pretty much what it is. I, I pretty much flip a switch. Well, and then your wife and daughter have had to grow into understanding how to deal with the public and your fan base, I would imagine. That's very difficult <laughs> for them. I know you treat them well, right, Dan? 
Oh, yeah, I do. No, totally. Good. You spoil totally. them. <laughs> right, Dan? Yes, I do. But yes, that must be difficult for them, especially when you're out just wanting to do everyday husband, wife, and dad stuff. Yeah, I mean... So here's the thing with, with, with my family. I have a great, great family. I really do. And I appreciate, you know, um, them standing by me and supporting me in what I do as well. Um, my, as far as my daughter's concerned, um, I'm dad. That, that's who I am. I'm dad. I'm not short sleeve Samson. I'm not, you know, a big star or anything like that. I'm just dad. And I appreciate that because when I'm home, you know, we have our regular family stuff like every other family, you know, in this world has, you know, um, and everything, which is, which is great. Uh, my wife, my, my wife knows how to, my, okay, so pretty much I, um, I've met my wife before I started wrestling, which I appreciate because the fact that- And I want to add, I know the audience wants to know about that. So <laughs> let's stop a minute and okay. Dan in love. Tell me about meeting your wife. <laughs> um, so basically, I had met my wife online playing a game. Awesome. And yeah. So back in the day, we had dial-up for internet, and it was AOL. You know, where you had <laughs> You have mail. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and... Um, on, on AOL, there was a game called Slingo, where it was a, a bingo slot machine type game. And you would play it with, I think it was like 10 or 20 other people, you know, and it would be, I think it was like 10 rounds where you pretty much had to finish the game. And so late at night, um, I would go on and it was a chance for me to, you know, de-stress, unwind, just relax pretty much just hit the button you know and and all very and, therapeutic yeah 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 and so um so one night i had went on and you know again people are talking and i was just you know just i would just read the chats that's it you know and i happened to see this person in the room that was pretty much making fun of different people in the room I'm like, what the heck is this? And, you know, they were, they were, you know, talking about this and talking about that and all. So finally, I started on this person and all. Well, from there, you know, uh, again, we, uh, you know, people leave after the end of the game, and we decided to stay on. Well, two and a half hours went by, and I was like, hey, listen, you know what? It was real nice talking to you. And everything. And uh, she had said, you know, it was, it was nice too. And I'm like, okay, great. Have a good night and all. And, you know, we signed off. Um, I think probably like a week or 10 days had went by. And I had went on and I'm like, I just wonder if this person's on. So I happened to tap, type in her, uh, her screen name, which was uh, Tweedle21, I believe, or something like that. It was Tweedle something. And uh, I typed it in and you know, said that she was on. I'm like, oh, okay, well, let me send an instant message to her. And I said, hi, you know, uh, do you remember me? And she replied, yes. Great. And that's pretty much how everything started. So that's the how I first met my wife. But obviously, you know, it went from, you know, chit-chatting and all and just small talk and, 
you know, talking about this and talking about that to uh, some time it went by and then it was like a pen pal thing and then it was a friendship thing and then you know um, this person's kind of cool and you know I kind of like to get to know them a little bit more and then we you know we exchanged phone numbers and we started talking on the phone and uh, so pretty much this whole thing on AOL had started where we I first met her back in like um, it was either March or April of uh, what year um, <laughs> how did I know that question was going to come up? Well, uh, how long have you been married? We've been married. We got married in 2000. So Okay, but you've known her longer, obviously. Yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say it was 97. Wow. So here you are one of those uh, very special Hollywood people that Sounds like you've got a pretty solid marriage. So tell me what it was like when you saw her in real time in person for the first time. Uh, it was it was it was surreal, you know. Um, it was the week before uh, Christmas of that year. I, I actually because I was originally living in Rhode Island, and uh, she was living up here in New York. So we drove. Um, I drove to a, a casino up here where she was at. And also that was like the designated uh, meeting place. And I walked in and her and her sister were, were sitting at a table. And it, it was cool because it was like, okay, everything we had talked about, everything that, uh, you know, I had revealed about me, everything that she had revealed about her, now it's like we're meeting. And it's like- Yeah, and what was that? You know? I mean, oh my gosh. <laughs> 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 it happens all the time in today, you know, today yeah, yeah. I, I still hear it from clients and patients. I'm going to meet them in real life, you know, and nowadays the response is we're still in the middle of a pandemic. Be careful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Going back then. So you see her for the first time in real life. What were you feeling? Oh, I, I'll be honest. I was, a, I was a little nerved up, you know, I, I was because yeah. it's like, all right, you know, is this person going to be who they have portrayed themselves mm -hmm. to, you know is it going to be a facade is it going to be legit you know but um you know she was she was a little bit shy and, and everything and uh so but once we you know once we had met and and everything um the, her her shyness had dropped my nerves had dropped and uh, it was a fun day it, it was a really really cool day we uh like i said we spent the time at the casino uh, we, you know, did different things. We played some games. We had some, some great uh, food and all. And I pretty much spent the whole day up here. And uh, then after it was done, you know, I had went home and uh, we had talked on the phone a whole lot more. But I think it was uh, a month later um, is when she had basically said, okay, you know what? Let me come to Rhode Island to, uh, to, to live with you. And uh, so... That's what we did. I drove back up here. I picked her up and, uh, you know, she grabbed some stuff and loaded that all in the car. And uh, yeah, we drove back to Rhode Island. When did you know you were in love? Oh, my God. <laughs> I think everything was solidified the day we met. Really? You, you yeah. met in person? Did yeah. you know, you knew when you saw her? Well, I mean, you know, 
before that, again, there was a lot of emotions involved, especially between her and I. And there were, you know, we had thrown out the word, you know, I love you and things like that. But thinking about it now, I don't think, I think we needed to meet to be able to solidify those things. Because again, the nice thing I, I, I appreciate in meeting my wife is that it was a buildup, you know? Um, you know, again, it started with a talking to a stranger on, mm. on the computer to talking to a friend to there being some romantic interest, you know? Um, and then there's obviously some emotions that built that up. And then finally you have the meeting. And I think that that mm. had solidified everything at that point. Dan, how long was it from the first time you spoke with your wife to the day you met her in person in New York? What amount of time? Uh, well, we first started talking back in March, and I met her in person the, uh, the week before Christmas, that same year. The proposal? Tell us about that. Uh <laughs> what a great smile you have. Oh, man. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Um, so basically with the proposal, um, I, I had uh, arranged for a, a friend with a friend of mine had basically offered me and, and my, my wife now um, her home because she and her boyfriend or whatever it was were, were going to be going out. And so um, in talking to my wife, uh, Vicky, I had told her that, hey, you know, let's go over um, to Carrie's house, which is a friend, and we're going to hang out, we'll have some food, uh, we'll play some games and all. And so she was, you know, she was like, oh, okay, cool. So with that now, I also had a very, very large jacket with a lot of pockets. And it's, it's got to be you know, uh, known. So we went there and my wife has no clue what's going on. And I think we had brought a pizza, you know, and all. So we get to the house and I'm like, oh, the car's not here, you know? And so we walk in, we walk up and I'm knocking on the door and nobody's there. And I happen to, you know, try the door and the door's open. I'm like, oh, okay, well, the door's open. Let's just hang out. So we're sitting there and I'm like, oh, you know, now we're eating and everything. And uh, from there, it's like I happened to uh, pull out, you know, out of my pocket, a bo bottle of wine. And out of a out of pocket, I pulled out a couple of candlesticks. And out of a pocket, I pulled out a couple of candles. And I just had literally like multiple pockets, you know. <laughs> um, and I'm pulling all this stuff and all. And I'm putting it on the table. Next thing you know, I mean, heck, I'm. it's like. You know, granted, I, I made pizza gourmet that day. Put it that way. You know, it's like, wow, you know. What is what is Vicky's face like as you're pulling out these surprise gifts? Is she, is I'm an she idiot. getting it, do you think? <laughs> no, no, no. He's an idiot. Like, what the hell is going on with him? You know? Um, she sounds like a very strong personality. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Totally, yeah. totally, totally. And so, you know, she's just like, oh, okay. You know, so uh, so we sat there, we had pizza and I lit the candles, you know, we had the whole the whole thing and all. 
and we're talking and we're laughing and joking, you know, all those things that, you know, you do. So then after that, it was time for dessert. And out of my pocket, I pull out dessert. And I, I don't know what it was. I, I don't remember what it was. I bet Vicky does. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. So um, I happened to ask her, I said, you know, do you know, do you want some dessert? I, you know, you're hungry. And she's like, eh. I'm like, you want dessert, right? You know, I'm like, you want dessert. You know, so she's like, yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's have some dessert. Great. <laughs> I happen to pull out the dessert and everything. And um, I, I don't remember again, I don't remember the whole setup, but basically I had the engagement ring as well. And I had it in, in the box and um, I think she had, I had it distracted or something and she had turned around and I'm down on one knee and I had the box open and I said, will you marry me? And um, she was, she was definitely shocked because this was actually the day before Valentine's day. It was actually the 13th of February. And um, you know, I got the yes, which I wow. appreciated. But yeah, it, it, it was, it was a cool thing. So now anytime like uh, February 13th is our Valentine's day. How beautiful, how unique. Yeah. Yeah. You're very creative. You're very you. creative. So <laughs> Vicky is your best friend. Yeah. Yeah, she is. She is. Now, she is. how, now is she average height or is yes. she? Okay, nope, nope. so how did that work? Was there any, was your mom upset because she wasn't a little person? Was her family upset because you were a little person? How, how did all that go? Because again, as a psychologist, I, I have the privilege to hear the stories of the challenges people face, especially in relationships. And yep. a lot of it is based on diversity different in any way there's a lot of family dynamics so how did you and vicky do with that um well my, my family was definitely uh inviting to her you know i mean Good. let's be honest my mom is short my dad's average height you know so they already had their own you know um relationship with that and all um who they happen to still be married today which is great. oh my gosh Oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. I, I come from i come from a, a good line of, of people, absolutely you know um for 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 Vicky's parents um they they struggled with things for a little bit okay that way I I can't you know they struggled with things for a little bit and uh probably the first the first uh year and a half two years um I wasn't allowed in the house when we came up here so she can visit her family. It uh, must have been so hard for the both of you. Yeah, yeah, it, it was, it was, and, and everything. And then uh, finally, you know, we're announcing, you know, wedding plans and everything. And they were like, her father had basically said, well, let him in. And, um, you know, it, it was it was nerving um, and all, but we, we got through it and, and everything and, uh, now, you know, everything is definitely good, but I think, I think the first like two years, they were definitely very apprehensive with me because the way that they saw me was I came to New York from Rhode Island. I 
picked up their daughter and I brought her back to Rhode Island. Oh. So for me as someone who basically tore their family apart because of the fact that I had taken their daughter out of their family, um, which I didn't. It was just, you know, just the living situation that we had both agreed to, you know, but I can also understand their feelings and why they felt the way that they did, you know. Um, so it, it, it was it was a little testing, but we got through it. And, um, you know, now now everything's really good. The pregnancy. <laughs> what do you want to know about it? <laughs> well, you guys are talking about being parents. You had yep. your concerns. You mentioned earlier, you know, yep. in so yep. many yep. words. So, how did that conversation go with you and Vicky? And then, we'll, and then, I'm sure we all want to know about. Yeah. <laughs> so you know, as you know, yeah, obviously we're, we were talking about having you know children and all, and we were married for a few years first and, and all. And um, I'll be honest, as far as you know having a child it wasn't there, there really wasn't a whole lot of thought behind it because of the fact that you know i wanted to have children my wife wanted to have children um it was good and it didn't matter if again if the child that we had was 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 tall or was short you know or you know was was thin was was you know big it, it didn't matter like regardless of what we had we would love it just the same and just, you know, to the fullest that we can be able to love a child and all. So it, it was just a matter of um, having a child. So you get the news that you're pregnant. Yes. How uh, are you feeling? Well, that was actually a funny one because of the fact that, okay, so going back a year before that, uh, my wife had had a, a, a bad accident at work where uh, she had worked for in, in a restaurant and had uh, work was over. She went to the bathroom. She changed out of her uniform. She put her regular, you know, uh, clothes on and she walks out and the manager um, who was there happened to bleach the floor. So basically the floor was an ice rink on a tile floor. Oh my God. Tile floor is very, very, very slippery. And uh, my wife had pretty much went right down and she, she dislocated her shoulder and all. So that whole thing basically happened. And so probably a year had went by and, um, you know, my, every time my wife went to do something where it's closing a window, um, you know, different things, her shoulder would pop out constantly. Mm. So we went through a, uh, an orthopedic specialist where she, you know, would be able to get some x-rays and all. So we're there and um, they had asked my, my wife, you know, well, before we start the x-rays, do you happen to be pregnant? And my wife had pretty much said, well, I am married. I mean, anything's possible. <laughs> she sounds like a really great Awesome yeah. woman. <laughs> yeah. So, so they had given my wife a pregnancy test and the test came back positive. Oh and my gosh. That's how we found out my wife was pregnant was at a doctor's office. 
And and she survived the fall. The baby survived the fall. Uh, oh, was she pregnant? When? No, she wasn't oh, pregnant okay. yet. Yeah, yeah, oh, no, 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 no. Yeah, she wasn't pregnant yet. It was shortly after that. that okay. She was oh my gosh. Yeah. And yeah. how did you feel when you heard that news? <laughs> I, I was first. I'm like, what? Did you, what? Can you say that again? <laughs> um. But no, it was it was cool because it was like, all right. Well, we you know, we're hoping for this and now you are. So that's great. And then all of a sudden for both of us, like our whole um, living, our whole focus, everything that we had planned, we had, before that we had built everything for ourselves. And, you know, now we had a third person that we had to uh, bring into the world and pretty much, you know, welcome with open arms, which, they, which she, you know, my daughter was, but, you know, we had to, you know, have a nursery and, you know, all these things. So instead of buying for ourselves, we were buying for our daughter. So it, it, it was good. The birth of your daughter. My daughter was born four weeks early. I just want to point that out. <laughs> four. She was supposed to be born on February 28th of 2003. And um, so the night before my daughter was born we uh um my wife and i we had went out with another couple we went to the movies we had you know had some dinner had a great time had a great great time and we got home god i think it was it was after midnight we had got home and all and i pretty much i, I crashed i was i was tired two hours later my wife is in the next room from my bedroom in the bathroom in the tub yelling for me that and uh so when i woke up from her yelling for me i'm like what what what's the matter she's like my water broke huh you know she's like my water broke and i remember and this is still the joke today i'm like are you sure <laughs> and she's like yes i'm sure my water broke she's like i need you to get you know, stuff together so this way you can bring me to the hospital okay <laughs> you went back to sleep i went back to sleep I, I i totally went back to sleep uh it only lasted like 10 minutes that's it but um <laughs> you know so she woke me up again and i'm like what what and oh okay so we got all the stuff and we went to the hospital because also the thing with my daughter my daughter was also breached which uh okay. wasn't going to come out head first and so with that, um, and being the fact she was four weeks early, they pretty much had to uh, give my wife a C-section and all. So, um, yeah. Were you worried at that time when the doctors told you your daughter's breech, your wife is going to have to undergo C-section? What were you feeling at that moment? A lot of, I mean, you know, it's, you're nerved up, you know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. You're nerved up, you know, it's like, oh, oh, okay, is, is that safe? Is that all right? You know, mm -hmm. you're asking all the questions and thousands of times and repeating the same question multiple times and, and everything. And, uh, you know, so pretty much they said, yeah, you know, we actually had a really good pediatrician, a really, really good pediatrician. And um, basically, you know, it was like, he's got everything. Okay. So, uh you know, we, we, like I said, we, we drove her to the hospital 
and um, you know, they called the doctor and the doctor came in and I, I think it was around uh, six or seven in the morning that they had taken her, uh, her in. So this way they can prep her for surgery. And uh, I think two hours later, my daughter was born. So. How did you feel when you first held her? Surreal. Yeah. Sur yeah. It is yeah. surreal. <laughs> it is. It, it was because it's like, you know, all this uh, hype and talk and, you know, all the, the labor pain, mm. these cravings and the mood swings and <laughs> all these things were all now for this, which was uh, the birth of our child. And she's, yeah, she, she's just awesome. She's How just old awesome. is your daughter? She's 18 now. Oh my gosh, an adolescent. So when she sees you on TV or in the movies, what commentary does she make, Dad? She doesn't. That's really? Just yeah, yeah, she doesn't. Um, as far as anything that I do, you know, um, basically, I'm Dad's going to work. That's what he's doing. He's going to work, you know, uh, whether it's, you know, wrestling, a show, uh, you know, a, a production, whatever it is. And that's how she looks at it. And I honestly, with all the things I've done, I think she's seen me maybe three times, I think. Um, but it, it's, it's, it's okay because I'm, I'm, you know, building a legacy, but hopefully she realizes that I'm hopefully building a legacy for her that she can be able to, you know, uh, carry out where, you know, where I'm, you know, earning money and I'm making contacts and setting pretty much a tone so that this way, God forbid, never happened to me, she would be all set. What do you love most about your daughter? I, okay, so I love the fact that she is a high honor roll student. I love the fact that she has got a great personality. I love the fact that she's the most beautiful girl in the whole world. Um, you know, I, 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 I love many things with her. Many, many things. And Vicky? What do you love most about Vicky? Vicky, Vicky pretty much is, uh, solidifies the relationship, you know? <laughs> Yeah. She does. She does. She totally, totally does. Like if I come home and I'm carried away, she's like, really? <laughs> you know? Um, yeah. She's uh she's the anchor. She's, she's, mm. she is, she's, her, you know? And I mean, besides all the, you know, the other attributes that, you know, uh, I was compelled to, to fall in love with her on, but yeah, she's, uh, she's pretty much the, uh, the, the sugar in this cup of coffee here. Oh. So when your daughter brings her friends over and when she has growing up, I bet they're so excited to see you. Do they ever ask for your autograph? Um, a couple have, <laughs> a couple have, you know, actually, um, I think it was like two years ago, I had wrestled in New York and my daughter had brought her friend to the show with her and everything. And um, it was funny because, it was a smaller show that I was wrestling at. So I had to find somebody to, to be able to sell my merchandise, especially like when I was wrestling or whatever like that. So the two of them did that. And before the show had started, 
I had asked, I said, do you guys want anything? You guys want a, a t-shirt or something? And they're like, no, don't want anything. And uh, With so, the adolescent attitude. Yeah, 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 totally. Yeah, I know it well. Yeah, yeah, totally. And so I, you know, I went out, I wrestled, entertained the fans and everything. And uh, then after that, I went back to the table and um, my, my daughter, Alexis, she's like, um, she's got something to ask you. Okay, what? Well, the girl didn't want to ask. And my daughter's like, she wants to know if she can have a t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, you can have a shirt. Yeah, totally, you know? So here's a girl, which was really, really cool because here's a girl that went to the show. She was my daughter's friend. And they, you know, she pretty much, you know, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll go to the show with you guys because that's what we were doing. And she saw me wrestle and then became a fan. And she's like, yeah, I'll, can I have a shirt? And I'll represent. I think that's awesome. Oh, is, Alexis, is Alexis dating yet, dad? Not that I know of. Okay. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> well, let's be honest. I, I'll be honest. We've been in a pandemic now for the last year and a half. Yeah. You know, yeah. and so whatever the normal could have been, it's not. Um, my, my dad is doing school um, here at home still, you know, she's pretty much decided that she wants to finish out this year, um, here at home. So since March of last year, she's learned from home, but she's also doing very well with that because like I said, her, her last report card, her, her GPA was a 98, you know, out of a hundred. Wonderful. Yeah. It's like, who gets that type of thing? You know, I mean, my GPA was not a 98. It was not a 90. It was not an 80, you know? Yeah, uh, mine wasn't either. So I'm with you. But what, yeah. a, what an achievement. What an achievement. And it's been very difficult, especially for the younger generations during this pandemic. Totally. Uh, so I, I, have to, I, I have to, on your bio, you said you do an Italian accent impression. So I told you before we started the show that I grew up in Italy, in Tuscany. Yeah. So I, you have to talk to me. You have to say a few things with that accent. Oh, no, I can't. I can't. <laughs> yeah, you can. You're an oh, actor. Yeah, yeah, I know. It doesn't mean I turned it on right now. Um, Oh my God. So you say you want these things. You sure you want these things? <laughs> Is this really what you want? Is this what you want to do in life? Is <laughs> I love it. Oh, I love the face. Oh, now I feel now I feel your family now. <laughs> I love it. So if you had one word to describe you, Dan, what would that be? One word. Charismatic. Charismatic. Okay. Charismatic. You because do a lot of charity work too. And you do a lot of mentoring for young people. I try. 
I mean, you do. I, I, you're I, very humble and you're still very much involved with now. Help me get this straight. World Wrestling Federation. You had the micro. Yeah. Uh, there was, um, I mean, Smackdown, Raw. Yeah. yeah you're still yeah. very much involved in that. Um, as far as um, WWE, you know, World Wrestling Federation, World Wrestling Entertainment. Um, oh, entertainment. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Not right now. Um, very much now, my focus is on my promotion, which is the Midget Wrestling Warriors. I've actually been uh, running that now since uh, 2014. And uh, we actually, I've, you know, again, because of the pandemic, yeah, put a hiatus on everything and, uh, you know, had pretty much stopped everything that we were doing. But uh, now that things are opening up and people are getting vaccinated and everything, um, I've begun booking again. And uh, we, we, starting June, we pretty much have a, uh, a, a really good schedule for June and July are pretty much all booked up. And uh, now we're going into August and September and, and therefore, so. Um, you know, Tell me again the name of it. Midget Wrestling Warriors. Midget Wrestling Warriors. And where can the audience, where can people look for more information? Yep. So uh, on Facebook, it's, uh, you know, Midget Wrestling Warriors. Okay. Or have a website, which is midgetwarriors.com. Midgetwarriors.com. Okay. Yep. And we put all of our tour dates on there as well as photos and videos. And, you know, we're, we're very interactive. We're, we're very, very interactive. But uh, yeah, pretty much have a staff of uh, 20 people now that uh, work, uh, work with me on making this thing a success. And, wow. Uh, and how do you recruit the wrestlers? It's, it's various ways. It's through, uh, first of all, you know, with my 22-year career, mm -hmm. I've been around quite a bit. So I've gotten to know, you know, who's good and who's not good and uh, who I'd love to have work with me. So that's first of all. And then secondly, um, I take recommendations from, uh, from the people that work for me and all. And uh, outside of that, it's uh, people who, uh, you know, happen to, to message me and I'll tell them, you know, please, you know, send me a bio, send me some, some videos or some things that you have done. So this way I can see what your work is and, and all. And um, they do that as well. So pretty much between those three things, that's how I, how I hire. Okay. And for other people, midgets or dwarfs or little person that you mentor, um, how do you hear from many other people looking for guidance from you? Once in a while, you know, yeah, once in a while, I'll, yeah, once in a while I'll, I'll get, uh, I'll get some Facebook mail or, or whatever. And, yeah. you know, they'll pretty much, uh, you know, give me whatever it is, whether it's a, a life story or whether it's a, mm -hmm. or a situation uh, that they're going through or something. But, um, you know, it, here's the deal. This is really what it comes down to, is the fact that I happen to obviously be a little person. I happen to be a, you know, a dwarf, um, whatever you want to categorize it. But again, I realized one day that this is me. Mm -hmm. And when I did that, I opened up the floodgates to accept anything that was going to happen. And at the end of the day, 
if God can take this lump of clay and mold it into what I've become today and allow me to do pretty much anything that I have wanted to do, then God can pretty much do anything with anybody. Beautiful. So the message that you'd like to leave our audience with is what? If you had a message to leave America, what would that be? Seriously, if, again, if God was able to be able to be able to allow me to do the things that I have done, to have the success I have had, to have the accomplishments that I have achieved, then God can do even more with you. You have a movie coming out. Yes. Tell us about that. You have a lot going on. Oh, my God. <laughs> you know, uh, there's nothing ordinary about you in any way. Your experiences have been extraordinary. And I know it's a privilege to have you on Inside America's oh, stop, Mind. Stop, stop. It's no, you've got to hear it. you got to take it. You've earned it. You're real. You're real people. And uh, people, this is a gift you give to the world is by being your authentic self. Like you told me, be you, you mm -hmm. know? And I think so many times in today's world, especially when there's been this chaos and so many are questioning who they are and identity because we've been yeah. thrown into the midst of a global pandemic and a collective, you know, grief, if you will. Um, mm -hmm. But I, I think at the end of the day, it's being thankful for what, we have each day, but tell us about your movie. I don't want, I want to hear more about your movie and everything that you're doing because you're phenomenal. You're amazing. And you're extraordinary. Um, Nothing <laughs> ordinary about oh, no, you. No, no, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Um, well, again, the, the movie is called um, Indescribable Urgencies. And uh, it's, again, it's, it's currently being um, worked on right now and all. Um, it's a, it's, Pretty much a thriller. I, I will. I oh, I got nice. what I can what I can say and what I can't say right now. But it, it is a thriller. Um, it's got um, it definitely has a plot twist uh, that you will see. You will see within my own character. Um, you will see him pretty much have a a change of heart with things. Um, so yeah, when it's when it's all done, uh, I. I think it would be, I think it's going to be a really good, uh, real good feature. I really do. Well, I know definitely I'll have to see it. Now you said, is it coming out in May or do you know, or? Oh, no, no, we're not even, we haven't even shot it yet. Okay. So, uh, okay. Because uh, yeah, I was I just... reading IMD, you know, yep. where we're, uh, and I thought it said in May, but maybe that meant under production, but okay. All yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, no, we just, we, I just started to uh, shoot some scenes two weeks ago um, and all, and we have a lot more to do. So yeah, no. It's, How it's, are you guys doing it in Hollywood with the pandemic? How is that working now? Um, well, put it this way. I mean, everybody, again, because of COVID, uh, COVID, mm -hmm. COVID, uh, you know, precautions are first, um, you know, right. again, I appreciate that this, uh, this director is, you know, definitely doing that. And uh, so when we get to set, 
you know, the first thing we have to do is uh, basically report to whoever's, you know, heading up the, the COVID uh, station. And uh, which means, you know, we have to either A, come with a negative test. Actually, no, we all have to have negative tests. Okay. Uh, and I also have also, you know, have my vaccination card as well. Mm -hmm. um, we have to, you know, sign off on stuff. We have to have temperature scans and all. We still have to be masked up. And we have to stay masked up the entire time until we're on set ready to shoot. Oh, wow. Masks off and all. And, uh, you know, do I think we got to put the masks right back on, you know? So um, that's, you know, what we're doing right now. Okay. Dan DeLuccio, five years from now, where are you? Oh, man. Um, enjoying life. That's what I'm, that's where I am. I'm enjoying life. Whatever, whatever is thrown at me, I will take it on. And whatever's thrown at my family, we will take it on. And we will kick back and enjoy the success that I've been able to uh, have. That's where I am in five years. I can't thank you enough. You're amazing in so many ways. And uh, no, I know you. we're going to have to have you back. Oh, thank yeah. you. I'd love to come back. I'd definitely love to come back. What a privilege, so. Dan. Thank you so much. Oh. This is Dr. Jody J. DeLuca signing off. Take good care, America. Thank you for listening to Inside America's Minds. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel. Inside America's Minds with Dr. Jody J. DeLuca. The views, information, and opinions expressed on the Inside America's Minds podcast series and on any other related social media pages are solely those of the individuals involved and do not represent the opinions of any third party. The content is not intended to be a substitute for professional psychological, psychiatric, or medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your mental health professional or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding your condition. Never disregard professional advice or delay seeking treatment because of something you have heard on Inside America's Minds or have read on any other related social media pages. For emergency situations, be sure to call 911 or go to the nearest emergency department.